0: This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. I, um, we're sort of uh, doing a series and we've worked through the book of Philippians. And uh, for those of you just joining us, I saw some people from Pretoria there at the back uh, that's joined us for the first time. This morning they're from Stellenworth, I saw some old faces here, some people that's come back. Um, some people look fresh, some people have grown in, in, in its spiritual stature, some a bit in physical stature over the time, but the Lord bless you. And um, I think we, we are very challenged in this time that we're living in, especially the church in the West. There's only one church, there isn't a church in the West and a church in the Middle East um you know we we sort of faced with this whole idea of consumerism and comfort and a lot of people have been shaken a little bit some people in our families we've been challenged relationship wise you know and that's why church is so important and we want to invite you if you just came here this morning we have a love feast after church where we just people bring food and we eat together and we picnic together you can if you didn't bring anything, just come. Otherwise, go to the spa quickly and buy some stuff here at the tables and these jumping courses outside it. Because it's so important to define what covenant relationship and community is where we really look out for each other. Because uh, church can't just be an event. Would you agree with me? But all of us, we have maybe some good experiences in church, some bad experiences in church. We all, we all have our stories. Um, but church is still the bride of Christ. And it was so amazing this week, spent two days with a couple of pastors here in town. We just went away, you know, and they don't always agree. I don't always agree with the same stuff that they're saying and all that stuff, but to be able to build a relationship in the body of Christ. So we were nine pastors, one of the Reformed Church, Johan, and uh, the Baptist Church, and uh, every nation pastor, and the One pastor, and and some pastors, and we just had great fun. There's always a bit of competition that comes in, you know, when you when you a group of men together. So praise the Lord, nothing broke, nothing, nobody got hurt in the process. Uh, but over the last five years, it's just been amazing to see how God actually brings people together. We previously even in churches on Sundays like this, there was so much infighting and competition and jealousy. And obviously, there's still some people that don't, don't understand the love that Jesus has for his pride. And we must be very careful when we talk about the church, because it's Jesus' pride. And um, Ben, if somebody talks badly about Izel, your wife, um, Ben will steamroll you, and then he will drive over you, and then he will, you know, he's got a big combi. With lots of children, but you know there 's just something that that happens in your heart when you talk negatively and it's it 's so easy uh, to do that but uh, one of the challenges for us in in the church in the in the West is we 're faced with this deep sense of uh, almost selfishness and when you go to the Middle East and you'll hear me a lot talking about um, some of the experiences i 've had in the middle east is um Church just happens differently. You know, when we went to Pakistan, I remember, you know, um, there you, in Karachi, when we were there, only 22 bombs went off in that one week. We were there six days, just in Karachi, 22 bombs. Um, I was praying out loud all the time. When the Bible says, rejoice always, pray always. When you go to Karachi, you do that all the time. But not necessarily because, you know, it's this amazing time. It's just because you want to get out of the place alive, you know, uh, because like everywhere it's like a civil war going on. And, um, and I remember this pastor that came three hours late. I thought it was only Africa time, but you also get Pakistan time. And uh, when he walked in, he said, you know, he, one of, he, him and one of his friends had a big argument the previous night, and then he drove all the way to the other side of Karachi to go and make right with his friend. Because the motto there of the church, if you don't stand together, you die alone. Yeah. You know? So the Bible says, be quick to forgive. And even when you bring your gift to the altar, if somebody else has got something against you, go and make right, you know. So there's there's a different set of standards and things that many times happen in some churches, you know, and and some areas of the church. And so we can learn a lot from our brothers and sisters in Pakistan in forgiveness, you know, one of the pastors um, who was there got killed three years later by just people coming into the church and shooting him. Yeah, you know? and for that church to work through issues like that uh, is completely different. It's almost like foreign to us if you think of church just as an event. And so we've been talking about this issue of uh, or the idea of that each one of us have got a passport. And your passport is sort of uh, represents the righteousness of Christ, the, the access that you and I have, because we have like a South African passport and gives you sort of an identity. There's a little picture of yourself inside. This is no, and the picture is normally like 10 years younger. You like to look at that picture because you think like, well, yeah, that's actually how I look, you know, and, um, and your identity is wrapped in this passport, but it's, you're a citizen of a country. And we citizens of heaven. We're citizens of the kingdom of God. We're not South African citizens first or New Zealand citizens or even and them that's going to go to Australia at the end of the year. You know, you're not an Australian because in any case, the accent, I don't know how you can work that out. But so, um, you know, we have some Russian and Ukrainian people here with us in church. And, but that doesn't define you. But if you have a passport, and you know you are living for eternity, you and you will travel to another country, it's the one document you keep with you all the time. You're always checking, where is the passport, you know? What, what is, because if I lose this little thing, I am in trouble. <laughs> Would you agree? Yeah, because this is like the most important document that you have. And yet for many of us as Christians, we sort of don't look at our spiritual passport. Because sometimes we have a passport, but it's empty. There's no visas. There's no, there's, there's, there's no testimony. There's no obedience. There's no faith, you know. And we say, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to heaven. And then that's all that your life is about. And so this morning, we're continuing on this journey of the church and God's desire for us. You know, if we sang, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. The word Lord is the word curious, which means master, owner really means that I can't make decisions on my own. I, I don't have actually the right or the title to actually say I belong to myself or even my children belongs to me. It's mine, mine, mine. Yeah? And so uh, we're going to jump to Luke chapter 10 when Jesus sent out these guys, the disciples. They were really clueless. You know? And uh, they were really like out there, the 70, and so Jesus is going to send them. And we've jumped into Luke chapter 10, verse 1 to 12. Are, are, you, are you with me? Okay. Uh, it's actually verse 1 now. Sorry, I see there's a 10 there. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. And then he said to them, the harvest truly really is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I send you as lambs among wolves, carry neither money bag, knapsack, nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. But whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you and remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give, for the labor is worthy of his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whatever city you enter, And they receive you, eat such things are are set before you, and heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Next slide. And then verse 17. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and revealed them to babes. Quickly, if we switch off the screens, what's the first thing in this scripture that comes to mind? What's the thing that stood out for you? Share it with somebody next to you quickly. What, 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 was the, what was the thing? Some of you lost us there for a moment because you have small babies at a home and come to rest at church. But the rest, let's, um, let's quickly, what was the one thing? Without looking at the scripture again, now everybody's reading again. Like, oh, what, 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 what would he just read? You know, it was like a very just going away. Quickly share with somebody next to you. Come on, we are the church. So we're not just come to be entertained or to listen to a nice sermon what's what's the one thing that sort of stood out for you or you got challenged by? Just go to the previous slide there Tony, Tony, go to the first slide, back one more, please. There you go. see sure, some people just went like. <laughs> Where's the spar again? The spar is around the corner. <laughs> I I think sometimes for all of us, as as the church, we um. Because we have a mindset that hey, the pastor is spiritual, or my small group is spiritual, or the people out there, you know, these. We, we always think that there are other people more spiritual than us or that God would want to use more than us. But remember now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to highlight a couple of things. And I don't know if we we're even going to get to this, the second part of the scriptures. But Jesus appoints these guys and then he sends them. And when, when you appoint them, it means like you have an authority. Just like this passport, you have an authority to go into certain countries. Um, certain you need a visa for, and that's that's sort of the stamp, the the yes, you know. And so a lot of Christians, because we don't know we've been appointed by God, we become consumers. We don't know that we sent uh, on a mission. You know, if you're going to work for a company, then that company is going to give you a contract. It's going to appoint you. It's going to give you a certain authority and certain working hours, and a certain job description. And you have to stick with that job description. You can't now, if you just start as a accountant, uh, maybe you're doing CA or something, and now for the first couple of weeks, you, you walk into the CEO's office and you say, look here, you know, things have been running really cool here, but I've got some great ideas. This is how we're going to change the whole system, you know? That CEO is going to frown at you and look at you and say, like. <clears throat> How long is your temporary contract? How long, are, you know, let's let's get this guy out of here. Yeah? <laughs> there's a certain way things work. You know? There's a certain thing, and, and, and it means there's an appointment. But with that appointment comes an authority, comes a responsibility. An authority and a responsibility. But the beautiful part of this scripture, is, as Jesus appoints them, it's not a, He's he's not saying, you out there, all you that call yourselves Christians, when he looks at these 70, there's a a part there, it says, before his face, sure, so if I just say like, yeah, you out there, you know, God has got sort of a calling on your life, it's different when I go to Corey sitting in front here, I look her in the eyes, and I say, "Corey, what is, what is that place where you stay? What's your Across the Zalza. And the after it he will work on the Zalza. But if I say like you have a mission to be there. Yeah. Yo. You have a mission to pray for all your children in Namibia. You know, for Paul, Paul, and all these guys. But I'm I'm appointing you, I've given giving you an authority, I'm giving you something. I'm, I'm, I'm entrusting something to you, but it comes from a place of intimacy. And that's where Jesus appoints people. If he comes to say like, hey, Michal, Nina, you're going to get married in 30 days from now. 31 or 30? 30 say, tell it. I'm not even my for all the men. Don't ask me, you know. He's like, is it 30, 31? The girl always knows. You're going to they're getting married in 30 days from now. So if, if you say like, wow, there's, you know, the moment when you say those I do's before God, there's an authority for you to be an, a husband and to be a wife. Something changes spiritually. It's not just a contract we're signing. It's covenant. It's something much greater because there's, there's something that God releases into your life when he does that. And this is what happens with the 70. They are so clueless, but Jesus says, I'm, I want you to go. If you need to, you're going to Nice now. Yeah, oh, you think I don't know, eh? I know that. Oh, yeah. The pastor knows everything, okay? When are you moving? Yeah, they don't know yet, but I know it's in their heart. So, so, you know, God says like, hey, I want you to go to Niza. With, I'm commissioning you to go there. I'm commissioning you to do something for me. And that's, you've been commissioned to come here in Stellenbosch to live in this time, to be appointed by God, but always from a place of intimacy. Always from a place of knowing him. Because it's working together with him. And and so what he says, into every place where he himself was about to go. Isn't that amazing? Jesus doesn't send you on a mission on your own trip and say like, ah, oh, you know, uh, let's talk to the angels, you know. <clears throat> that one, that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make, you know. Neil, you know, we, we, we can send him, you know, but but let's see how he does. Uh-uh. Jesus follows up his ministry. Jesus takes joy when you and I go with him and for him. And it's it's so beautiful. But what he says, when you go, there's one problem. There's a crisis when you are appointed, when you are 70, are going out. There's one big crisis. The harvest is ready, but the laborers are few. There are many Christians. There are many worshipers. And I sometimes just... And I'm not sharing this to be negative at all, but over the years, I've been a pastor here for 20 years now, and I've been part of this church for, is it 27 years, 26 years. And over all the years, you see some people coming in with great zeal, and we've seen a lot of people, more than almost 20,000 students have just come through this church, send them all across the world. But, you know, sometimes you get the odd one that says, like, you know, pastor, I, I don't actually feel I really belong here because the church is becoming too big, you know? And I'm thinking, like. What are you going to tell Jesus when you get to heaven?, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, there's, there's a couple of billion people here. It's too big for me, you know? um, I, I don't like that, you know? um, I, I rather like the small Oh, you, know, the church is to this, or the church is to that, or the church is to that, or the church is to that. Or know I'm want to move there because you know, I want another experience. Or I want, I, I want to move there, and, and then I just go home, I bless them. but I weep bitterly and I say, "Lord, we've failed." Because why? The church must raise up laborers. Not consumers, not people that just come on a Sunday. And I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't see this as church, I just see this as a gathering. Because laborers are people that that have not just the passport to go to heaven, their passports are full. <laughs> And many of you know my testimony, but I I couldn't speak before two people. I ran a mile when I was at school, got filled with the Holy Spirit, stopped stuttering. The Lord healed me like instantly. And then he said, one day you're going to go to many countries. I just laughed. I just laughed. I said, Lord, there's no way. He says, you're going to preach my word to other people and other communities. And I thought like, There's no way, Lord. I'm an introvert. Why are you laughing like that? Don't don't you believe me? (laughs) I was a super introvert. You know, when people came to visit on the farm, I would just run away. I would just go and play in the woods, you know, until they got, walked, drove away, and then I was like, okay, okay, now I can breathe again. And so Jesus started to change my life and said, hey, you're going to go and preach the word to other people. You're going to show them who I am. But if it's the focus is on you, then there's a problem because then it's what your effort is or whatever. And this is probably my tenth passport because I've been to 55 countries. And you know who's the biggest one who grows when he goes? Me. <laughs> you know where I see the most chains? Me. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Lord, you're sending those people to me. I mustn't go to them. You yeah? know. But the fun, the adventure, the challenges to work, be a co-laborer with Christ is the most amazing thing. The devil lies to us about working with Christ. We're not working for him. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're not working for Christ, you're working with Christ. Thank you for your enthusiasm this morning because I'm just part of the introduction and we need to finish soon. But... um, He says, pray, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out those laborers into his harvest. We're not just talking about Nepal and India this morning and places out there. We're talking about your workplace. We're talking about the petrol station where you stop. We're talking about the lady that works maybe for you in your home or the person you greet tomorrow morning. And you don't need like 10 words for them and words of knowledge, but hey, You want to you share the love of Christ. Just say like, hey, can I pray for you? What's, is there something, you know, most people would never reject prayer. <laughs> Come on. Go your way. Behold, I send you as lambs among wolves, carry neither money bag, knapsack, nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. So verse 4 says it. He says, says, go, but go intentionally. Live intentionally with your life. And then he goes on and he talks about this whole idea when you go into a town, when you go into a city, find the man of peace, find the house of peace. He actually goes so far to say, shake off the dust. But he says, go your way. Behold, I send you as lambs among wolves. He says, look here, I'm sending you with this innocence and the purity. Just protect that innocence and that purity. But you know, it's going to be scary out there. How many of you have realized when you just look at social media, it's crazy out there? And please switch off it for a while and just read your Bible more than what you listen to social media because there's a narrative going around that tries to pollute our minds. And look at the fruit of those people that share that stuff. But stay away from just listening to a sermon online if you don't know the fruit of the person that is sharing the sermon. Come on. We're jumping to my sermonette a day and my chicken nugget away and my apple a day keeps the devil away. But that doesn't work. We need to get into the word ourselves because we've become lazy. Last time when we shared with each other the biggest sin in the church in the West is the sin of unbelief. Because I, I, I can't take somebody else's passport. He says, Verse 5, but whatever, or let's just go back there to verse 4. I think we're not even going to go to point number two today, but let's just stick here. It says, gather carry neither money bag, knapsack, nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. Why would he say that? Just very simple. Don't get distracted don't waste your time because did you know what it's not your time it's god's time the biggest challenge for us as the church is we're getting distracted we're focusing on everything that we should not focus on so it says when you go i'm I'm gonna send you out i'm sending you out because it's it's crazy out there but but don't worry don't be afraid but don't get distracted How many of you have received some conspiracy theories over the last nine months? (laughs) Yeah. Oh my juna. Vaccine me now, vaccine me later, vaccine me over. No, 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 the one in the head, the one in the arm, and then people go like and I think like, oh my juna, you know. It is just crazy how gullible some Christians are. But the reason why we fall for that stuff and so easily for deception and offense is because we're not focused. We're not intentional. And this is what Jesus begins to teach. He says, when you go into a house, when you go into a city, focus Where is the man of peace. Who are the people that receive you and, and leave your peace? They otherwise go away. Don't just, don't just go through life like Mr. Bean. That's what he's saying. Okay, the modern day technology. Like, oh. have you ever seen Mr. Bean on that little small car of his sitting on the roof, you know, and trying to drive the thing? You're like, oh, yeah, this is Mr. Bean. And then maybe we're going to end somewhere, you know. But Jesus says, when you go into the city, be intentional. Be urgent. Don't get distracted. Don't allow pollution to come into your life. Because Christians are not driven, but they're urgent. There's a big difference. And that's why scripture says, be sober, be vigilant. What happens if you are not sober? It means you've given something else control of your body so that you can't make decisions, you can't be sharp. That's why you can't drive with alcohol in your blood. Why? Because you can't make quick decisions. That's why we don't do stuff like that. It's against the law. You lose the focus to be sharp in the moment because now you can't like, you know, you can't drive quickly this way or that way. And that's why don't drink and drive. Maybe don't drink at all. I don't know, but it's getting quiet in here, but, um, but but if you drink, what happens is you lose your ability to focus. And so many times that's what happened. The Lord tells us I hey, do something and then we lose our obedience or we because now like I don't like that, you know. That short man up there, you know, did you see that? You know, and, and I'm colorblind, so let me share show, show it. I've got brown shoes and I've got a black belt on. It doesn't match today, you know. And I, my teenage daughter didn't see me before I walked out of the house, you know, because normally when I walk, her uh, in front, and when I walk across the, the grass to go to the car, I just get a shout from the window that doesn't match. Dad, come back! That doesn't match, <laughs> you know. And I think like, oh, and then I want to just like, I just want to go hide behind the 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 plant, you know. There's like these, what is this fat planter? What is fat planter in English? Fat plants, the fat, pl- huh? the succulents, the what? That yeah, the succulents, you know that stuff. But I would to just go like, oh. Earth, swallow me up. Let the succulent, fat plant just get bigger, you know, because I just want to hide behind it because nothing matches. So when I got here at the back, I realized, like, oh, I've got a black belt and brown shoes, and apparently that doesn't match, but because I'm colorblind, so I can get away with anything, okay? So now you all know. So I, wanted, I was checking around who's got a brown belt on so that, you know, but I, I actually don't really care. But in any case, so um, the crazy part is, hey, if you have teenagers... Grace on you. The Lord bless you. If you don't have teenagers, your kids are still small, start praying. Hallelujah. But in any case, okay. But this is, this is so beautiful what he says. And I, I want us to jump to verse 17. So he says, be intentional, be focused. Because there's a lot of stuff and people that are going to try to manage your time, God's time in your life. They're going to tell you what you can do and what you can't do, where you're going. And I was, I was so amazed by Spending this time with some Angus two weeks ago on the farm, and the guy who did live village dish—you know—they are um, more than 70 years old. But the one thing I realized is, they focused, not driven, not performance-oriented. Because we can make this big thing of I need to strive to. Do something for God. I need to strive to become a child of God. But no, I'm before His face. That's from the, the place where He sends me from, from intimacy, not to intimacy. I, I, I go because I want to please Him, not because, oh, I, I want to be somebody by doing things for Him. Then I'm just a slave. Then I, then I have an orphan mentality. But when I'm a son, when I'm a daughter of God, I want to please him. I I, I, want to bless his pride. That's why I don't talk badly about his pride. That's why I serve the people around me. That's why I, I, I love them through relationship. And I've got grace on them. Why? Because I need so much grace. But listen to the results of verse 17. So we're urgent because Scripture says, buy out the time. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need to buy out the time. Because the days are evil. Say, because the days are evil. So living intentionally in your relationships, living urgently is so important for every Christian. And it means that we need to sometimes change some of our disciplines. Why? Because I'm intentional about finding that man of peace. About entering into that house so that I can release a blessing there. I'm intentional about everything I do. I can't relax or switch the Lord off when I go to weekends. There is no switch. Sorry. <laughs> there is absolutely no switch. You can't switch the Holy Spirit off and say, okay, come take you out, dust you off. Come, let's be on Sunday. Now I'm Sunday. Oh, I'm holy, you know. It doesn't work like that. God never sleeps. He's always at work. Do you have an expectation that even in your dreams he's ministering? Verse 17. Thank you, Kaya, for that. Yeah, amen. The cameraman at the back, is excited. Okay, so then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold. So these 70, by the way, they were not like spirit-filled and moving in the gifts. Jesus just sent them out long before then. They only received the Holy Spirit later, and then they changed the world. But yeah, he says, hey, even the demons are subject to us in your name. He says, yo, I, I saw great things happening. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's the words of Jesus. I give you authority to trample on the evil one, not just in your life, but over this town of ours and over this country. There are so many people trapped in fear. There's so many people just ah. Uh, and then comes the nevertheless. <laughs> nevertheless, don't you know and say, nevertheless. Don't rejoice in your experience. Don't rejoice in your breakthrough. That the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. And in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things. Now, this is maybe where your doctrine and your problem is going to come in. You've hidden these things from the people that just are good at studying the passport. Oh, it's green. It's really green. Oh, you know. What is this symbol? Maybe it's a phallic symbol or a Freemason symbol or something in front here. Oh, you know. It's got 32 pages that I can stamp on. It's got a watermark, hmm, oh, looks like Nelson Mandela, I don't know who this is but, real quality paper, it can even fly, wow, durable, amazing, have you smelled it? Real paper. We become experts at studying. Yes, you must know how it works. Some people have become experts at even studying this. But they're never allowed to be laborers. Somebody told me in this story of this church that took their pastor to... The court, because somewhere he didn't wear a mask at one of the services. Yeah, in town. And I'm thinking like, the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. How have we become? Who have we become? (laughs) Because I read the word to get to know God, not to get to know about him. I am a laborer not to talk about a lot of stories, but because I can rejoice because my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I rejoice because God used somebody like me, not the wise, not the prudent, but just a babe. Now, all the married people, guys, go to your, uh, your ladies and say, babe, okay? But that's obviously not the babe we're talking about. But it's just a nice moment to say, babe. If you're single here and you're sitting next to somebody, you want to take use of this opportunity, just say, babe. Just say it quickly. Turn back, okay? No, Dan. Not you. <laughs> but maybe afterwards at the food table, you can go for it, Okay. There yeah, are two Dans, so no, not one of the two knows who I'm talking about. The tall Dan and the short Dan, okay? But I didn't say which one I was looking to. Okay, we're going to, amen, bring it on, okay? So can all the tall people on that side, single people, all, no, no, I'm joking, I'm joking. Arranged marriage. Here we go again. Pause the focus, focus. You see, um, you can go and read it at home and I'm going to leave, leave us with this. In uh, Luke, a couple of chapters later, Jesus talks about the parables, and it's all connected. After he sent them out, the lost coin, the lost sheep, the lost son. And the great part is when this son comes sitting in between the pigs, the prodigal son, and he says, You know what? Here where I am, I need to get away from this place. I would rather be a servant in my father's house. The door to the fullness of God and laboring is this, I'm I'm here to serve. I'm not here to be served. I'm here to be a servant. And then we see this beautiful picture, the story that's been told about two brothers, the one that went away, the other one that stayed in the home. The one returned and he got a robe, a ring and shoes. He arose and came to his father. His father saw him and ran to him. The one is a beautiful story of a son returning. The other one is a very bad story of an older son that never went into the house, although he was in the house. The religious, the one who's just like, can never engage relationally. But the one came back and he had a ring and a robe and shoes that he never received before. He didn't receive it the first time. The first time he only, the prodigal son, as he left, he only received money. (laughs) But when he came back and he came to his senses, he returned to the father's house. And the father says, now I'm going to give you identity, authority. I'm going to commission you. And I'm going to slaughter the calf for you. The other brother said, well, there's nobody. Nobody has like, you know, you never slaughter a calf for me. Father says, but you're in the house. You're you're here. Why didn't you just ask? There's so much more. You see, because there are many brothers, older brothers in the house, sitting with their passports, but they never ask God, Lord, use me. Lord, I'm here for you. Lord, I want to serve you. Will you stand with me this morning? Thank you for listening.